Hey guys, and welcome to the Trash Bin Kids podcast. We're your hosts, Damon Rivera and Jackie, aka the Jaybird Flies at Night. Woo! Join us every week as we pour over the media that warped our minds and molded us into the upstanding mutant citizens we are today. We'll pick apart old favorites, current obsessions, and all the glorious trash in between. On this episode, we will be reviewing the movie Freaky. So we should start off by saying that this won't be a spoiler-free review. Usually, Damien needs to spread his wings and speak freely, so if you haven't streamed Freaky... Don't act like it's all my fault. Pause this right now. It is all your fault. You know it. So yeah, pause this right now. Go watch it and come back. We'll be here waiting for you when you're done. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, I thought it would be cool to give like a brief synopsis of the plot and maybe some background on the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's do it. Woo! So, Freaky is a story about a young high school teenager named Millie who is attacked by the infamous Blissfield Butcher. In the struggle, he stabs her with an ancient dagger and they swap bodies. Millie must find a way to break the curse in 24 hours or be stuck in the butcher's body forever. <laughs> forever. That's a, that's a rough life. So, did you uh, you have some facts for us about this film, right, Jackie? Facts, facts, facts. I got them. You want them? You have actual 100% real facts. Uh, yes, actual real facts, not Damien's version of 100% real facts. So, this film was directed by Christopher Landon. He also directed Happy Death Day. Great movie. And Paranormal Activity 3, 4, and 5. And truth be told, I did not know that there were that many Paranormal Activity films. There's a lot of them there. We should do a Paranormal Activity review. I'll watch all the movies. Um, I don't know. I don't really like those movies. But we can. If it's for the pod, I will do anything. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Um, it's also a Blumhouse Productions film. So gonna be good i can definitely see yeah I can, I can definitely see the link between like happy death day and this movie yeah they kind of uh have the same beats yeah. um in terms of you know being a i guess thriller or horror film but also having a kind of tongue-in-cheek like the funny tone, kind yeah. of tone the tones are similar it's starring katherine newton who has actually worked with Christopher Landon before. She was in Paranormal Activity 4. And the only thing I recognized her from was Detective Pikachu. She played the journalist, remember? Yeah, she was the with the uh, with Psyduck. Psyduck yeah. yeah. She looked familiar to me when I was watching the movie, but then I, I was like, who, you know. Yeah, she. it kind of bothered me. I was like, I know your face. Yeah. Well, who the fuck are you? She also reminds me of an elf, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> elf. Yeah, like either that or like a who from Whoville. I don't she know why. Has, yeah, she kind of has, yeah. definitely Wait. has a Whovillian look. Yeah. And then, obviously, that's racist, the biggest star. What? A Whoville? No, that's... A Whoville person? <laughs> yeah, the... that's racist. Okay, well, sorry. <laughs> All the who's in Whoville who are shooketh by my comment. Um, and obviously, the biggest star of this film is Vince Vaughn. Yep. Who has dipped his toes into more serious roles like this one before? 
Um, most notably, his starring role as Norman Bates in Gus van Sant's 1998, in my opinion, poorly conceived Psycho remake, yeah. which was just a Technicolor shot-for-shot boring copy of the Hitchcock original. But that's weird. Right? That's I, just me. At the time, they probably thought they were being really innovative by doing it. Well, think. I'm here to tell you that they didn't. They were not innovative. Not successful. No, not successful at all. Damn, Jackie laying down the law. We're not gonna review it for a future podcast. It's not happening. And that's my say on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and let's see. Some more facts for you. I mean, these are like a little looser. The film was part of a uh, film festival, which obviously didn't happen in person. Yeah. I think it was Beyond Fest, and that happened in October of 2020. And then the film was released after Halloween, I believe in theaters and then was available for VOD about three weeks later. It's gotten pretty solid reviews, but I've made a point to not listen to any podcasts yeah. <laughs> reviewing it. And I was really tempted, but I did it. Uh, yeah. and, um, and But it seems that lots of people liked it. So, yay. And I guess the big question is, did we like it? <laughs> that would be the big question, Jackie. Well, do you want to answer it for the people, Damien? I thought it was a, I thought it was a good film. Definitely a popcorn movie. I personally, it was fun, but for me, it didn't feel like anything special. I'm actually, I'm surprised by a lot of the positive reviews it got. Mm-hmm. From what I read, people were like praising the tone of it, the you know, the acting, that kind of stuff. And like I said before, I think it was a, it's a fun movie. Don't get me wrong, it's like you know, a fun movie to like throw on like during a Halloween party or just like a, a, a rainy Sunday afternoon. But I don't think it was anything special. It was, it was, it was a solid movie. But I am personally surprised by how many people like really love this movie. I don't know. I think it was fun, like you said, and I think now people are just sort of looking for fun. Yeah, that's true. And I- I think it does what it intended to do well. Mm. Like for me, I watched Happy Death Day and I didn't have as much fun watching Happy Death Day, even though I knew that's like what I was getting into. Like I knew I wasn't getting into anything serious. Yeah. But I had way more fun watching Freaky than I did watching Happy Death Day. Yeah. I mean, Happy Death Day definitely had uh, some time. Uh, like some tonal kind of similarities but it wasn't i feel it really wasn't sort of an outright comedy where this definitely has like a heavier sort of like comedy element to it yeah and one would think that that's probably just because vince vaughn is isn't it and like honestly he is the star of the show um he was probably the funniest one of the funniest characters in it but i don't know i just think that all around just like it was clever writing and they set everything up in my opinion pretty well you know, because this movie is not, the plot is not original. Um, I mentioned to this this to you, but uh, Freaky Friday, well, this movie's called Freaky, but we all know that the real title's Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah. They make a point to set it up at the beginning of the film that the, the actual story's events will all take place on Friday the 13th. Yeah. So there's nothing like new there. It's basically another Freaky Friday movie with a twist, but there have been four Freaky Friday movies before it. Um, the earliest one was in 1976 with Barbara Harris and Jodie Foster. I've actually never seen that one. I saw the made-for-TV movie in 1995. And then, you know, who hasn't seen the Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan mm, yeah. uh, 2003 version? That's the only one I've seen. Yeah. That one. There was actually one that I've never heard of before, but there was a musical in 2018, also called Freaky Friday, all kind of with the same premise. That's so weird. Uh, yeah, family members who, you know, can't really see eye to eye somehow invoke a spell that 
you know, has them switch bodies for who knows how long. The rules vary, I guess, between person to person. Typically, it's like a 24-hour period. Yeah, they come together through the beauty of black magic. (laughs) Exactly. Doesn't everybody? Um, (laughs) So, yeah, uh, this movie has a similar premise. Do you want to talk about it or should I just keep talking? I don't want to, like, talk too much, but I do love a good movie. You do love a good movie. So I guess I'll keep on. You know what I hate? On. Bad movies. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't a bad movie. <laughs> I know. No, it wasn't. So, okay. It so was not a bad movie. The Blissfield Butcher is played by Vince Vaughn, and he actually opens up the film. The, the, there's these kids by the pool sort of telling the story it, of the Blissfield Butcher, who's the real person. They're, like, in a mansion. Oh, yeah, they're in a mansion. They're, like, the fucking... And they're just talking shit. And then you kind of see the typical movie, um, the slasher movie, uh, what is it called? The tropes. Tropes come out. Exactly. Thank you. And there's, you know, like, the slutty couple who want to go have sex somewhere in the mansion. And there's, like, the two kids that are poking around and being nosy where they shouldn't be. All that fun stuff. The disbelievers. And then the Blissfield Butcher pops up. Um, Vince Vaughn. Vinny Vaughn shows up. Vinny Vaughn in his fucking massive glory. He's humongous and scary. He's a big guy, yeah. He takes them all out one by one and he steals the dagger that I mentioned earlier in the synopsis. Yeah. When they're in that, you know, they're having like, you know, like it's an open crib type of situation. Yeah. I don't know if you like notice this, but there's like one kid that's super, they're drinking like vodka and beer, all this shit. And there's that one kid that's just, like, super hyped for drinking wine. Like, he finds the wine, and to him, that, like, makes his fucking life. That's just a little weird to me. Like, as a teenager, I don't think anybody was, like, trying to, you know, raid, like, you know, the wine cabinets or whatever. I mean, that's another trope right there. Like, the parents are away. Like, any form of liquor that they can find (laughs) is, like, a huge deal to them. Yeah, true. So, after the events of the opening of the film... We see Vince Vaughn kind of do his thing oh, he and also pick has, everybody he, off. He also has that really horrible mask. Oh, yeah. Le- yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. I think that needs to be noted. His mask in this film, I don't know if it was intentionally made to be bad. Horrendous. But it's pretty bad. I feel like it, we saw that other movie, which is a mockumentary about oh, slashers. Yeah. That mask was horrible, one? too. I found that mask more scary than this one. What was the name of that movie? Um... I don't remember. Okay, well, but his mask is essentially the guy in that movie. It's uh, basically almost like a baby doll face with no eyes, kind of. I feel like, like that one was scarier. Is. But I also have like a fear of baby dolls and any doll, so that's probably what it is. That's the truth. Hello, everyone. Editing Jackie here. I thought you might be interested in knowing the title of that film. I sure as hell wanted to know what it was called, and I'd already seen it. <laughs> the film is called Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon. It's a 2006 mockumentary slasher film directed by Scott Glosserman. In the film, a journalist and her crew are documenting an aspiring serial killer on the hunt for a final girl all his own. It's pretty solid, and we think you should check it out. But yeah, this one, first of all, Vince Vaughn is just wearing like a t-shirt, right? Like a black t-shirt, a shirt underneath that is also black, and then black pants. Yeah, he's dressed like like a groundskeeper. And then he's wearing this atrocious mask, and you can like see the the back of his neck. His hair is short because that's how his hair is. His Vince Vaughn's always has his hair like that. And the fact that you can like see the back of the mask, and it's not like gross. Like for instance, um, Jason uh, from Friday the Thirteenth. Like once he's actually the villain and actually the killer, 
when you see him with the hockey mask, if you see the back of his head, it's always like gory, like because yeah, he's, he's fucked up. Burn and, yeah. But in this one, like just like seeing a man, a big man, walking around with this mask and the like the strips, the, not the strips, the, you, the but black the, straps, in the, the back, back yeah. straps on the back <laughs> of his head, and it was just like something. He just looks like it, a... it took it out. I, t- I was taken out of the moment for he me. Just like, he just looked like a, scary. Yeah, he looked like a giant child in a Halloween mask. Yeah. yeah. So that was unfortunate. But I guess it also works with the tone of the film. Again, it's ton- tongue-in-cheek. Um, did you say that he had taken the mask from the mansion before? I thought, I thought at the beginning he took the mask. Yeah, because when they're in the mansion, there's a wall that has, like, all these African masks. Oh, and then they okay. made a point to show you that, like, one of the masks was missing. So I assumed it was one oh. of those masks that he was wearing. And because the mask also, it did look like it was like a carved, like almost like yeah, wooden. Yeah, that's right. Or, you know, yeah, I didn't of. notice that. That was also the the beginning of the film, so I probably like wasn't paying too much attention. Yeah. And also like Vince Vaughn was like barreling through walls and windows and shit at, yeah. the, at that point. So I was just like, wee! I think that's the thing that sort of not took me out of it, but to me made it a little bit not believable. You know, you hear all the time actors, like, be becoming transformative. So if you have, like, Heath Ledger as the Joker, when I initially heard of, that, like, him playing that character, I was like, yeah, there's no fucking way this is going to work. Well, horrible. no, but he's done but then, thrillers before. He, yeah. I told you, he was in Psycho, but he was also in that movie Domestic Disturbance where he was kind of creepy. Yeah, but for this particular movie, I felt like it. I had trouble seeing Vince Vaughn as, like, you know, the. this is the same guy from fucking Wedding Crashers, and now he's, That's like, murdering true. teenagers. That's it was true. a little bit hard for me to, like, make the transition. Not that it was, like anything wrong on like the director's part of the, or, or Vince Vaughn's part or whatever but it's like they're that's obviously how they that's wanted how you to play see him. That's how you know see yeah him. and I'm sure that they they were but trying to play that out but he wasn't like that for too. long as we know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's jump ahead a little bit um we got introduced to the Blissfield Butch- Butcher aka Vince Vaughn um and then let's jump to our other main character who's Millie um she just recently lost her father her mother yeah. is apparently an alcoholic. <laughs> well, that's the thing that they never really explain either. Her mom's an alcoholic. I think it, it's just because she's sad about losing the dad. Right, so she's like just drinking a little bit too much as of recently. Yeah, but in drinking too much, she also well, yeah, she's integral like, in like not being there for Millie when she needs her. No, yeah, I yeah, I I get that, but it's like I don't like you know we're introduced to the sister who's the cop. Oh, yeah. Which, of course, it's, like, her who's, like, the joyless asshole who's mm-hmm. just, like, you know, the mom. They just lost the dad, and she's clearly trying to, like, you know, I want to be close with my family. Do you want to, like, go to this pl- uh, community production of Wicked with me? Like, please, <laughs> I just need somebody to be there. Uh, I was with your father for a really long time. I really loved him. And the, the daughter, the older daughter's just like, God, stand on your own, you bitch. Like, ugh. Yeah. Why are you trying to, why are you, wow, my God. Like, she's just so, like, hates the mom for, like, trying to cope by, like, being with her family. I mean, I think it's, I think it's also loosely insinuated that the mom has probably had difficulty with alcohol before because the older sister, whose name I forget, but... She's the cop. That's all we need to know. Yeah, she's the cop. She's the only cop, apparently. She's the only cop in that entire town. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so, like, I think it's implied that the mom has had a history with alcoholism before because she's already aware of the behavior and the signs and, like, when she discovers that that bottle of alcohol in the 
in the trash, she like looks at her with that like, oh, here we go again kind of look as opposed to like shock and awe. So it's like she's been there, done that. So I think like her anger stems from. Do you think she's already had a problem? Yeah, I think so. Like maybe it would have been quelled a little bit by like the family dynamic, having the support of the father. But now that we're back to like a low point. Yeah. Starting up again. I I guess I read that a little bit differently. She's the most unlikable character in the entire movie. Just two people with two point of views watching the same movie. Yep. Wee. That's deep, right? <laughs> so yeah, Millie um, is actually quite close to her mom, who depends on her a lot, and uh, she wants to leave town and go to college outside of Blissfield, but she's keeping it a secret from her mother. And then we meet her best friends, Nyla, the fashionista and or friend of color <laughs> in the film and we you have only get josh. one you only get one <laughs> yep and we have josh um the gay friend <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. who's you know i think he's a fun part of the film um and millie we find out she's a bit of a social outcast she's kind of shy to herself i don't believe it and her teacher who also her teacher? Her teacher is played by Alan Ruck. Do you know who Alan You're talking Ruck about the is? Shop, the shop teacher. Yeah, the shop teacher who's mean for. He's the only other teacher we meet other than the Spanish. He's the teacher. Mo- yeah. He's the most sexually frustrated shop teacher I've ever seen. But wait, can we can we go back? He's played by Alan Ruck. Do you know who he is? No, I have no idea who that is. He's Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Oh really? I love Cameron. He's so old. I like kept looking at this guy's face because I hated him because he was so. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't recognize. And him. I was like, I recognize his face. Who's this face? Who's this face? And then I was like, Wait, he's Cameron. And then I was like, Oh, Cameron. He, yeah. And this movie plays the most miserable. I, I feel. I, I always loved the Ferris Bueller movie. I always like identify with Cameron because like obviously Ferris Bueller is like taking him on this wild ride and he's just like, I'm anxious. I don't, I don't know go. what to do. Yeah. Don't make me do all these crazy things. And That's I was like, I am Cameron. Crazy. Yeah, I never. I mean, I see it now. <laughs> I, I like Google him. That's. I never would have thought I was him. Yeah. So, um, I think one of the things I have further problems with this, but please go uh, on. What Alan Ruck or no, just... not Alan. Well, Alan Ruck is like a weird sexual predator underneath it all okay. in this movie. Okay. Not in life, mm-hmm. but in this movie, he clearly has like a weird thing that he takes out by being an asshole to like his students. But the fact that like Millie's supposed to be an outcast, I don't know. I find it a little hard to believe. You can sort of I, like I would buy it for her two friends because like okay, one is the gay kid. Maybe it's like small town. It's hard for him. Whatever. The other one is the black girl. Maybe they're outcasts as well. Like you know, again, in the film is not that many people of color. But Millie, I she's she she's a little weird looking. She's a who from Whoville. She's like a she's like a hot squirrel though. She's like a little bit weird looking, but she's not like all the way. I could I can't see her well, being an outcast. You can be attractive and still. Be an outcast. I don't buy it. Okay, well. I was taken out of this movie You can still be shy and reserved and still be attractive. And also, like, duties in the eye of the beholder. So you might think she looks like a squirrel. I might think that she's a who from Whoville. You know, to each his own. Anywho. I wanted to talk about the transformation and how that happens a little bit. So, like I mentioned before, there's a dagger. Millie stays behind um after a game at school her mother where she's the mascot yeah she's the mascot (laughs) she's a beaver yes and her mom's supposed to pick her up but sadly her mom is passed out drunk on the couch and does not go to pick her up and then she becomes the next target of the blissfield butcher yeah and she you know runs away and 
Oh, wait, sorry. Missing a point. She calls, her sister calls her, but her phone dies, which is like, what fucking mm-hmm. high school kid is letting their phone get anywhere near zero at yeah. any point? Yeah. So, well, okay, fine. Believable. <laughs> sure. Her phone dies, but again, uh, Vince Vaughn, it's going to get confusing to review this movie because at, at some point they swap bodies and then we have to say Vince, like we have so, to say Millie in Vince Vaughn's so body. We'll just say Vince Vaughn. Okay. And then we know just always who... To all the listeners, yeah. after we've made it clear that the transformation has taken place, Vince Vaughn is just Vince Vaughn. No, and the I'll other girl Vince Vaughn... And Millie is just the girl. That's really the only... No, right? we'll just it's say like... the killer as in the killer is now in Millie's body. And we'll just say Millie as in Vince Vaughn playing Millie. Because basically for most of the film, Vince Vaughn is playing Millie. So up until before this chasing, it's, yeah. it's Vince Vaughn, the killer, Millie, the girl. We'll call him the butcher. We should have the established butcher. this before we did this, but here we go. The butcher. You think we rehearse? Nah. This is, this Fuck is, rehearsals. This is Raw Dog right here. Yeah. We rehearse live on air in front of all of you. <laughs> okay, so the butcher is chasing Millie. And he he has to he chases her while she's into, wearing her enormous oh yeah outfit, so she can barely like the, run in that thing the giant ass the beaver ass like <laughs> bouncing around so he finally like catches up to her they're in the football field I believe yeah and he has the dagger with him and he stabs her almost like in the area of the heart yeah it's like yeah and when he stabs her um when the butcher stabs Millie he also gets the wound in the same area yeah and then in the nick of time millie's cop sister shows up and frightens him away and uh you know she takes her back to the station she has it they take the dagger in as a, a piece of evidence and millie goes home and as and during the night the swap officially happens and basically yeah. like the lore of the the dagger is that um the sacrifice must be completed if the sacrifice isn't completed, then they swap bodies. So basically, because her sister showed up and saved her life, the ritual, yeah, you want to say, wasn't completed. And that's why the swap occurred. You also, I mean, you notice that there's something kind of mystical about it when he stabs her. Because when he stabs her, they're kind of transported to... Like Aztec. To my, I believe it was Mayan. Mayan. Like, yeah, you see like Mayan pyramids and stuff. Yes. Kind of f- flash into our reality a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so now... Which, I'm sorry. Wait, what? Go ahead. I was going to say, I, at that point, uh, I was almost expecting there to be sort of like a child's play element to that. Where, oh, like a voodoo thing? Yeah. Like, like I thought, you think he did it intentionally? I, th- I don't think he did what it intentionally. I, well, no, I don't think so either. I think it was kind of just like he stumbled upon this knife and it just happened to be the knife that... Yeah, that's what I think that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. But I, I was kind of thinking like, oh, they're going to go with like, he purposely broke into that mansion, stole the knife because he knew it had... that. <laughs> Edit here. <laughs> he knew that it had powers, and then he knew the whole ritual. He was either, like, on the run or something, so he's like, fuck it, I gotta, like, kill somebody with the knife to steal their body so mm-hmm. I can keep going on. Yeah, I'm kind of glad it didn't go that route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it would have been a little bit more interesting if it was that. No. Nah. Me personally. So, yeah, now we will refer to Vince Vaughn, sorry, as Millie. <laughs> So Vince Vaughn. Well, Vince Vaughn is not even his character's name in this movie. No, though. I know, but so. we'll just say Millie is now, as we continue to talk about Millie, is in Vince Vaughn's body. Yes. They wake up the next morning, and, and the butcher is now in Millie's body. Yeah. But they wake up in their, like, Millie wakes up in her home, 
And Vince Vaughn wakes up in like a crack den or some shit. Yeah, like an abandoned building. Which is like horrifying. There's with, like, like dead animals hanging around. Exactly, yeah. A crackhead so, asking him if he has drugs. And yep. Shit. He's like, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> so yeah, Millie wakes up. Sorry. The butcher wakes up in this Millie's is confu- body. This is already confusing. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna get this right. It's gonna happen. So the butcher wakes up in Millie's body, and the butcher makes no effort at all. Until, like, he gets to the high school to seem as if he's a normal person. Like, clearly he's confused by the situation because he didn't know that this would happen. Yeah. But he's also acting like a fucking psychopath in this girl's body. Like, he's looking at everybody as if he wants to eat them. And he's, like, picking up butcher knives, walking around the breakfast table. Yeah. Like, acting like a nutbag. I guess, though... So, there's two things with that, right? First of all, when... Millie wakes up in the butcher's body. It's kind of clear that he like, you know, does a lot of drugs. Is like psychoactive drugs, crack, all this kind of shit. Yeah. So who knows? Like in his mind, when he wakes up in Millie's body, he could just be thinking like, "Oh, oh this I'm is tripping. just this is just like another episode that I'm having." <laughs> That's true. I didn't think of that. And then the second point to that is that um, I forgot the second point. So let's just keep going. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> The raw shit. <laughs> so, um, if, as I, we, if I remember it, I'll, I'll bring it up. As we mentioned, Millie wakes up in a crack den, now like a thousand feet tall, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and she she's like ske- she's like skeeved out, which is oh funny. yeah, I would be skeeved out if I woke up in there too. Yeah, fuck. Um, so she immediately wants to you know go find her friends because she needs help. She's yeah. in this dude's body, but because. The butcher had attacked Millie the night before, and the cop had been able to see him. That was my other point. Uh, it's also the perfect cover of Millie acting fucking... When the butcher wakes up in Millie's body, for her to be acting fucking weird. She's kind of like not... She's not being verbal. She's sort of like sulking around, like lo- having this crazy glazed look in her eye. Mm-hmm. And I think they even make a point in the movie to be like, oh, she just went through a lot last night. She got assaulted. Yeah. So, pe- you know, it's actually the perfect cover. That's true. I should not have stopped you for that observation, but please continue. What was I saying? Uh, you talk oh, yes. about... The, yeah. the, because the cop was able to see Vince Vaughn's character and Millie as well, they were able to do like a quick sketch of him. So the, now everybody in town yeah, the knows rangers. what the butcher looks like. So Millie's like skulking around trying to like get to her school and there's wanted photos yeah. of her now face yeah. everywhere. So... um. The butcher, like, decides that he can't stand Millie's clothing choices. Yeah, yeah. Which is all, like, frumpy cardigans Millie, and, yeah. like, ditzy dresses. And she... She's very boho. Raids... Maybe that's what it is. The, her her town is just too much of a small town. Maybe. You know? Isn't that the trouble with all these movies? Like, they're like she from needs a small to, town. Yeah. Like, she takes her disgusting frumpy clothing and, like, goes to Bushwick and she'd, like, be a star. But, like, in her Pennsylvania town, wherever this is, like, no. Not <laughs> So yeah, so the butcher decides that he needs to hoochie it up a little bit, spice it up. He goes to the cop's closet and he takes this red leather jacket. He mm-hmm. decides to slick Millie's hair back and wear tight Put fitting it in jeans. A bun. Put it in a bun. And all of a sudden... Not a bun, a ponytail. All of a sudden, Millie goes to school and she's a sex pot. Yeah. All that, the men are like, that's damn! All it, that's all it took. And that's yeah. at the beginning of the movie. You saw her being tormented by people. Yeah. And, like, the same people that tormented her are not like, oh, damn, she's got a red leather jacket. Mm, ooh. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm horny. 
And there's like that like slow shot yeah. of her like walking into the school yeah. and like all confident. But like also the butcher is like, I'm walking into school, I look hot and I'm ready to like kill some bitches too. Yeah. Like this is like his dream scenario, I guess. Like I'm hot now and I could just literally kill <laughs> that's anybody. Ever, that's all he ever wanted. And also now I guess he's also uh reveling in like his anonymity because nobody knows what he looks like and yeah. he's not he can start the scary looking. Yeah. yeah. So eventually the butcher finds his first victim and it's the first person that was kind of mean to Millie, like the popular, like gossipy girl at yeah. the school. She's an evil bitch. She was like, um, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first kill other than everything that happened in the beginning. This is Mil- This is the butcher's kill. First kill as Millie. Right. So basically what happens is the, the girl from the beginning who was an asshole to Millie she also writes for the school newspaper. Um, she knows that this is kind of the hot gossip in her town, so she asks Millie for an exclusive interview, to which Millie agrees. Uh, she's well, like, the butcher as Millie. The butcher as Millie. So she's like, of all fucking places, I'm going to give you this interview, but I'm going to do it in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was fucking weird, too. That was very strange. <laughs> so, okay. Basically, uh, plotting her death, because as soon as she comes in, she's like, you're the one I'm going to kill. And in the midst of all of this, you know, whatever, giving an interview, she throws this girl into a fucking cryo chamber, like, <laughs> a, like a after, like a, I don't even know what you, it's like after you work out, like those ice yeah, things that like athletes go into, yeah. which is like, what is the budget of this fucking public school? Like that they have a, a, a goddamn cryo chamber in their locker rooms, you know? Small towns, bro. They really value those sports <laughs> programs. Sports. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, and that's the first uh, person that gets killed by the butcher in Millie's body. Yeah. And I thought it was an okay kill. Um, I feel like I've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. We like well, we knew what was going to so, happen. She was going to freeze, and then later somebody was going to find her body in there. Yeah, and... I was, was going to say, I didn't properly uh, kind of explain, but she gets thrown into the cryo machine. Later mm-hmm. on, somebody opens it, and then she falls on the floor and, like, shatters. Yeah. So that's, like, the... The typical thing that typically happens, you know? Yeah, you've seen um, that a lot. Because you see uh, the butcher kind of, like, touching items in the... the in the locker room? In the locker room. She's like, hmm, maybe I'll use this <laughs> yeah. a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Maybe I'll use this. And then she finds decides to, like, throw the butcher in the cryo chamber. Because what's interesting about this movie is that, you know, the butcher is kind of, like, excited to be in this new body because it gives him that anonymity, like I said before. But now he has to relearn how to go about killing people because as you saw in the opening scene of the movie he's just like barreling through people he's yeah. huge he's really strong he definitely so he can just strength. yeah exactly but now he has to be methodical about uh, about how he takes out his kills i like yeah i like that they made a point of that throughout the movie to be like yeah like showing that he was weaker now yeah. that he has like this smaller fragile body and even, yeah and when millie's in the butcher's body he was even like or she's even like oh my god i'm so strong i can't believe it yeah like, that's one thing that i did kind of like about this film yeah um so you know you have millie like go to school and she meets her friends and her friends um beat the shit out of millie Thinking in the bo- thinking, thinking it's, it's the butcher, the butcher yeah. and I thought that it was fun that they were like kind of like badass about it. They were like, "We're I'm black, you're gay, we have no chances." Together we're, we're unstoppable. Yeah, but together <laughs> we have to be unstoppable. So they end up attacking Millie, yeah. 
And then, you know, Millie eventually proves that, you know, she's actually their best friend trapped in that body. They do the cheer dance, the cheer. They do, yeah. She they does do the, the cheer. Yeah. And then they, they do the handshake. Yeah. They and have a then, handshake. Um, they're in a bathroom talking about, like, what are they going to do? How are they going to fix this? And Millie seems to be enjoying being in this body. Like, of course, at first she, like, stank and she took a shower. Like, all these kind of things happen. Yeah. But I feel like in most freaky friday movies there's this long like sequence of like oh my god i'm in this prison body i can't believe it i'm so mad i'm so upset like there's like this big adjustment period yeah but millie seems to feel i guess i don't know maybe free because before she was very timid and she was very shy and like now she's like this big hulking guy with an enormous penis with an enormous penis apparently which i believe that i I think she just feels like free like and you see her come into her own throughout this whole film sort of quickly embracing being in this body yeah i guess you you don't see that too often in these types of movies it's always like i have to get back to my body immediately not that that's an issue here because obviously she's sort of they're on a time constraint which they learn so she's like you know i want to get back into my normal body but you know like you said like she does enjoy being like strong and um there is that point in the movie where the guy who was bullying her at the beginning of the movie kind of comes into the bathroom and like tries to bully who he thinks is a kid in the stall and it ends up being Millie. Yeah, and he pees his pants. He pees, yeah, and then he comes out and he starts like barking at him and like holding him against the wall. And he's yeah. like, are you scared? <laughs> like, <laughs> and Millie's you know, like, like so excited to be able to do this. Yeah. So that was fun. And I think it's true. Um, I just thought of the movie The Hot Chick, which I believe stars Rob Schneider. Yeah. So that movie <laughs> also has a movie. similar premise where he... And again, like they're just kind of like slicing together these, you know, Freaky Friday movies of the past and this movie The Hot Chick. Um, I believe it's another, he swaps bodies with a high school teenager and it was also like some kind of like pair of like maybe African earrings that she steals or something. I don't remember anything about that movie. Yeah, well, I thought in that one there was like... Well, she just becomes Rob Schneider, right? I don't think she... Like they switch bodies. They, so somebody... Rob... I didn't know that. I thought that Rob Schneider is now the teenage girl and the teenage girl is now, wait, Rob Schneider is now the teenage girl. And the teenage girl goes into Rob Schneider's body. Yes. I didn't know Sorry. that. I thought he just became ugly, like, as a uh, punishment for something. No, 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 no. Okay. And it's, like, some kind of, again, spell. Yeah. Um, But it's really weird, that kind of swap in comparison to this one, where once Rob Schneider is now in this, like, hot girl's body, he enjoys it clearly, but it's more of, like, a perverted thing. Like, ooh, I'm a sexy hot girl now. Yeah. And how can I exploit this to my advantage? He literally, like becomes a stripper yeah you know and And then the opposite happens with rob schneider where he's like disgusted with himself he's easily disadvantaged like that's not an easy adjustment to make i'm sure like being hot and then waking up yeah but i feel like they make such a point of that there yeah where in this film they kind of just breeze by that and they're just like this is the situation like we have to fix it and it's not so much like scenes upon scenes of like oh look now i have to adjust to doing this as a man ugly man now or whatever like we get it you're switched let's get on with the film i don't like when it like lingers too much on stuff you know i need it let's go pacing pacing what's the second (laughs) sorry it's okay the second kill is alan rock right yeah 
that's the teacher who was really mean to Millie in shop class because she was late. And he's a cock block because Millie's crush, mm, Booker, is in that good. class. And every time she talks to him, he always shouts her out. He's a fucking asshole. Only her, too. Yeah. Especially knowing that, like, her dad just died and she just survived this, like, uh, attempted murder. Yeah. And he he remains the biggest douche. True. Yeah. True to his assholeish ways. Um, And, of course... Like, the butcher's like, oh, you gonna fuck with me now? Fine. Yeah. And then she goes to kill him as well. Um, I think there was a missed opportunity a little bit for his kill. What did you... Well, we should tell them how he gets killed first. Can you tell them? So she should... <laughs> I forget. She goes into the shop class. Mm-hmm. And he starts berating her. Yeah. Saying that she shouldn't be there. It's like after school hours or something that, like, like that. And she turns on that, like, saw. Yeah. She, so, so he thinks that she's fucking around with the equipment. I'm tired of you, whatever. And then she turns on the saw. He comes he, at her. He comes at her, and then he she like stabs him in the eye with a screwdriver. Well, first they start they, they start tussle, fighting. Yeah, and this is a scene where you c- kind of see like the butcher's not used to being overpowered because right because it, she just tries to straight up like beat him up. Yeah, and, and he beats the shit out of her, and he's like self defense, like he's ready to go, which I thought was up. funny. Yeah, he's he's ready for it, and I also guarantee anybody that like. He also had like a raging boner while he was fighting her. Probably. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so that dude, she stabs yeah. him in the neck, I believe, right? But I thought I thought it was the eye. No, because remember I made a comment. I was like, well, she should have stabbed him in the eye. That way, blindly ah, he would have so fallen version. onto the saw. Your version was better. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they're on the ground, and I like the whole time they're fighting. He's like, "This is self defense." This is self-defense! Mm-hmm. Like, clearly, like, you know, trying to, like, uh, sidestep any type of, like, legal ramifications of, like, assaulting this, like, 90-pound white girl. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they're tussling on the ground. She stabs him in the neck. And she, like, he kicks starts, him onto the saw. Yeah, he kind of starts stumbling around as he's bleeding. Then she kicks him onto the onto that rip saw, mm-hmm. and she literally saws him in half, which yeah. is pretty good. The practical effects in this movie are very on point. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they, for the most part, stuck to practical effects, and it wasn't um, a bunch of CGI, because I am not the hugest fan of CGI. Me neither. It takes me out a little bit. Yeah, so... Which is good to see this type of movie having practical effects, because I feel like this... Uh, it was a low budget film. It was only like what had six, a six million. million yeah. yeah, I mean, it made like fourteen million worldwide or something. So, it made I mean, money, it made but, it back. Yeah, but but to see this type of movie, uh, you don't usually see comedy horrors or like lighthearted type of movies like this uh, using too many practical effects. That's true. That's true. You but know? they weren't afraid of like blood and guts. They were. They kind of set you up for that in the beginning um, with his uh, murder. At the mansion. The first kill, <laughs> yeah, the first kill the butcher ever makes in the entire movie, he um, shoves a wine bottle down a kid's throat. He like, wanted through, it. Like, he wanted his, the wine so badly, he, wanted, he got it. He, want, he was a wine slut. He got exactly <laughs> what he wanted. Yeah, so um, the movie kind of continues down this road of, like, you know, we have to get the dagger. We have to complete the ritual. Well, they, uh, the Spanish teacher, they, they enlist the aid of the Spanish teacher, mm-hmm. who... I had questions about this because they're like, let's ask the Spanish teacher. And I was like, well, hold on now. This is Mayan. They wouldn't speak Spanish. But then they kind of just sort of just don't even really acknowledge that. She's like, ah, it's written in Mayan, but also Spanish. <laughs> like just to, so people like me wouldn't be like, what? This makes no sense. Like those are two. Well, different. you know how like in America, Hollywood if you're racist, Spanish, you know. just a Mexican. That's true. You know? 
they they don't acknowledge that That's there's true. various countries in I'm, South America that are Spanish speaking and that also speak yeah. different types of Spanish. Right. So um, yeah, Spanish, that was a quick yeah. generalization, which we get they, heard about because we they are no they rectify it though. When did they rectify it? Makes it makes no sense in the movie. And when I when I saw that, I was so quick to try to make a note of it, uh-huh. just so I could seem smart and be like, actually, it's Mayan, it's not Spanish. <laughs> but they in the movie, they're like, oh, it's written in Mayan. It's an ancient Mayan dagger. It's the Mayans. Have you heard of the the Mayans? It's the Mayans, Jackie. And they like, don't rectify it. But then they're also like, but then they say, then the teacher goes, oh, but the translation is also written in Spanish on the dagger. So it's like, okay. Why would the Mayans write in both languages? I don't know. Okay, anyway. When fucking whatever. the conquistadors Bullshit. came, they were like, can you translate this for us? And they wrote it on the fucking dagger. I don't know, Jackie. But they, they kind of, they were able to not fuck up. Yeah, so the Spanish teacher somehow magically translates everything on the dagger. They find out that they have to get it and complete the ritual in 24 hours. And at this point, they have like, what, like seven hours left in the day. Yeah. Um, they have to convince Millie's crush that she's not the butcher, that she's actually Millie and bu- trapped in the butcher's Booker body. Hooker. Booker Hooker, yeah. yeah. Um, they actually get their hands on the butcher early on in the film, a lot earlier than I thought they would. Yeah, because like right again, after, like she's yeah. just... He, the butcher is trapped in the body of a teenage girl yeah. so they were able to like overpower her and capture her um josh like locked like they they're hiding them in josh's house mm-hmm. yeah and I thought you were talking about he, he was the, the butcher was tied up and then they went to go get the dagger and then vince vaughn it was such a weird scene but booker and millie oh, aka that. vince vaughn they're waiting for her friend to hopefully get their hands on the dagger from the police station it should be noted that this kid josh also has sort of reciprocating feelings for millie it's not a one way booker has a booker yeah yeah but you said josh you said this kid oh no josh is the friend i'm sorry booker booker they so they both have a thing yeah but they're awkward high school kids so they don't really and the reason that he knows it's millie is because um in the past millie had slipped a poem (laughs) into his a locker but titled it anonymous and yeah. then as vince Vaughn, he um recites the poem in such a heartfelt and it's really, manner yeah, it's like very like tender <laughs> tender moment you know yeah and then they're having another tender moment in the car where and... he's where he's like i knew it was you all the time i was hoping it was you and i was so happy that... about the poem about not the about poem. like vince Vaughn. yeah but anyway, so they have this tender moment. They actually kiss, which at first I was like, this is weird. It, no, it was very fucking strange. It was strange, but they have like a moment. And then Millie's like, actually, can we wait to do this when I'm back in my own body and my hand is in yeah, as but big as even your face? Hook, hooker. Hooker Booker. Booker. Hooker Booker. Hooker Booker, whatever they call him. <laughs> but he's like fine with it. Because he's like, yeah. he's like, you'll be Millie no matter what body you're in. Yeah, which was so funny to me. Uh, I, even if it's not like oh it's whatever it's just weird that it's like you have a 50 year old man making out with like a 16 year old boy in the back of this car true <laughs> but honestly like i know we have to like wrap this up soon but my favorite thing about this movie is just watching vince vaughn play millie yeah like See, i i that w- yeah i think typically vince vaughn always plays 
pretty much the same character in his films. He's always the wise guy. He's the character who like talks to big games, talks his way in and out of trouble. And he seems to be pretty self-assured and confident. But here he's playing like an insecure high school girl coming into her own. And it was like really fun to watch and almost endearing like his yeah. mannerisms. And he's like this huge guy. And he's just like in the back of this car with this little kid, like having this moment that he's probably dreamt about his whole life. <laughs> and it was so cute. Yeah. And that's why, like, when we got towards the end of the film, I wasn't, I, I didn't know how to feel. But then we learned that it wasn't the actual end of the film. So, basically what happens is that there's a school dance, right? Millie returns to the school dance to, like, kill more, sorry, the butcher returns to the school dance to kill more people. Millie and her friends go to the school dance to track him down and obviously to, like, finish off the ritual. Yeah. She does, the butcher does kill, like, four more jocks, right? Like, what a fucking saw, I think, that happens. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty gruesome. Yeah. That was a good kill for me. I enjoyed those. Like, she, didn't she, like, saw somebody, like, in half, like, by she, the dick? They, um, when she's looking, well, when the butcher in Millie's body is looking for people to kill, mm -hmm. she somehow ends up in some alleyway or something, or some unused part of the school with, like, the four football players. Yeah. And essentially, the connotations are they're going to, like, gang rape her or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, I forget where she gets the saw from, but she, like, saws one in the dick. There's chainsaws everywhere yeah, at saw, school. Yeah, she saws one in the dick. The other one, I think she just, like, saws his throat, whatever. But when they... You don't actually see a lot of it happening. It's once the characters are, like, are on her on trail. Yeah, once the characters are on her trail, they come, they come back and see that, like, all these dead football players on the ground. Yeah, and I know we kind of skipped over this, but... The cops are now after Millie and her friends. Cop, cop. No, the cops. There was multiple cops. Was there? Yeah. Where, the where, where were now... they the whole time, though? Because the well, whole because movie, it's just I think the it sister. was like a car chase. Like, once once, um, once they try yeah. to steal the dagger, the sister calls, like, the other cops. Or there was, like, a chase where right. they were, like, haphazardly oh, okay. driving. Yeah. And the, only... the cops are now after them because, obviously, I think that Millie is, in fact, the butcher. Right. Yeah. So, they're on pursuit. They finally, like, overpower um the butcher together and they think that they ran out of time butcher she, right she stabs millie no she, she, no, the, no they thought they ran out of time because she heard her the, the, millie heard her watch go off yeah but then we are reminded that booker hooker hooker booker had told her at the beginning when she was late to shop class that you should always set your clock five minutes ahead so that you're never late yeah. so she remembers this she stabs herself, and everybody's swapped, everything's reversed, and then the cops come in, and then her friends are like, shoot him! Because the butcher's <laughs> now back in his own body. And at first, that made me super sad, because we spent this whole film watching Vince Vaughn's character just yeah. be Millie. And I was like, oh, Like, I didn't feel like, yes, they Some did the, it! Yeah. I was like, no. Some of the char- yeah, it's like, you realize how charming he was as this girl. Like, yeah. With these mannerisms. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and then once he dies, it's kind of like uh, you like you feel almost like you lose the main, like you've lost yeah. the main character. Yeah, I felt really sad. But then, as we learn, that's not the actual ending. Very like Halloween, very Mike Myers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, true. In the ambulance. Like, yeah. yeah. So he's in the ambulance, and we uh, he escapes. He's not actually dead, everyone, and he pays Millie and her family a visit, and he's attacking them, and this is like. Again, we're see we're being reminded at this point of the movie, like he is a killer. You get to watch him, you know, do his thing, 
and then we watch him actually die. Like, yeah. I think Millie... Uh, she stabs him with the chair leg. Yeah, she There's stabs, a struggle in her house. Yeah, which was, like, pretty intense, like, her stabbing him with the chair leg. And then she, like, kicks it into his chest or something. Yeah, he kind of just gets stabbed with it a little bit, and then she drives it in all the way. Yeah, and that was a more satisfying ending because it's like, oh, you're right. And they're like, no, he actually, like, visually, Vince Vaughn's character is the butcher. He's an awful person and he needs to be dealt with yeah which i guess that's kind of the clever way to do it right because it's like one last reminder it's like this is not the character you've been following this is this murderer yeah trying to kill his whole family so and i think it also gives like millie the ability to like be a true final girl you know like that whole trope of like you know the sweet virginal character is the one who ends up taking out the villain at the end so she finally gets to do it because in the first death we uh the cops are the ones who shoot him down. It wasn't yeah, him. Yeah, in his in the death of the butcher. Yeah, in the first like death of the butcher, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the cops that take him down. So like it comes full circle. The trope is complete. We have a final girl. <laughs> yeah, word. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Wee! Will there good. be a sequel called Freakiest Freakier? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe. I, so. <laughs> I kind of would it have been more interesting if like he just stayed in Vince Vaughn's body. Well, if we watch, like, stayed, Freakiest or Freakier. And it's just Vince Vaughn. Like, and it's just be, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, I don't think it's a sustainable premise to have, like, Vince Vaughn coming back for part two still as Millie. Yeah. Um, But I, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Do you I think thought, there'll be a part two? Probably not. Because we never, uh, we never get mean, the dagger. The dagger. That's never addressed, that issue. Yeah, like, where not, did it go? Yeah. I don't know. They might make. I mean, if they made uh, Happy Death Day two, like they'll definitely they could they can potentially make a sequel to this. Yeah, I mean, I would watch a sequel, but I don't think it would have the same magic because you know, for me, with most sequels, it's like oh, I've seen this already. Like, what's new? You know? Yeah, it was a fun movie. My only thing that I would have to say, uh, one of the negative criticisms I would have to say is like you see this a lot in any movies that are sort of like this where it's like all oh, the characters swap bodies things like that is that i always feel like the characters are always just doing a pantomime of whatever uh gender or physical traits of the person that they're inhabiting yeah so for this movie like obviously it's a comedy movie so it's it's sort of played up for humor but i felt like vince vaughn he was sort of just playing the character of when he becomes millie as sort of just like an effeminate guy, I never really got the sense like he was truly trying to embody Catherine Newton's character. You know what I mean? Which well, you don't I, spend which you get a into, lot of time well, with her, right? But you, I mean, that, I know that like my argument is sort of getting into like a weird like method acting sort of where it's like I want you to actually become this character. It's so far removed from that, but I, I don't know. I, I think it was done well because if you look at again bringing up the hot chick. Rob Schneider does this, like, super, like, oh, my God, like, how could you ever do this to me? And, like, he's yeah. wearing he's wearing her clothing, and his yeah. mannerisms are so exaggerated. And I think that the times where you see a lot of the mannerisms come out with Vince Vaughn, it's not so exaggerated. It's kind of subtle, like, his small, like, hand gestures or the way he sits in the car, and he's sort of, like, yeah. you know, trying to bring his body in, which is a very, like, feminine character trait because... He's the way he's acting, like the way he's performing it is kind of just like a guy's idea of like what a girl is. But he's I, not necessarily like I'm acting 
I, I'm trying to portray this character that was there before me that I'm now in the body of. You know what? I, I think it's probably because, like, one, we don't get to spend a lot of time with Millie prior to the switch. And two, because Millie's character isn't as crazy, I would say. Mm. Like, going back to the example of the hot chick, the girl that Rob Schneider swaps with, she's, like, the popular girl. She's kind of bitchy. Mm. So we And we established that early on. So when he's acting like her... He's, like, playing, like, a popular bitchy girl, you know? Yeah. But with this one, it's just, like, oh, her attributes are that she's kind of shy. She's to herself. She's yeah. an outcast. She's sad because her dad's gone. And that's it. We don't... Someone who's really loud or, into, like, you know, she doesn't have a certain manner of speaking. She's just, right. like, like not even that interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is horrible to say. She's just like a plain. I think the most interesting thing about Millie is the fact that she gets body swapped with Vince Vaughn. That's the highlight of her life. <laughs> I want to yeah. see other. I want to see like other types of body swap movies. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't research any others besides the Freaky Friday franchise yeah. and the Hot Chick movie. Yeah. But I'm sure there's more. I want a movie where it's like just two people that you never. Like, There's a lot of like. I want a movie with Daniel Day Lewis and Cat Williams swapping bodies. Oh my goodness! That's like the most opposite human beings on earth. Daniel Day Lewis is retired, but then, but then like Cat Williams and Cat Williams is tired. But Cat Williams in Daniel Day Lewis's body, he still tries to method act. Oh gosh! But it's just Cat Williams. <laughs> like I am the president. <laughs> and like, Mr. oh lord, Mister Mister Daniel Day Williams, please like. We're trying to make a sequel to Lincoln, like this, whatever, and it's just method acting in <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis's body. <laughs> There's a lot of body swap films, but with dads and dogs. Wasn't there one with Tim Allen? I think yeah. it was called The Shaggy Dog or something yeah. like that. There's, yeah, there's a lot of that with like animal swapping. So then the dog like becomes, like the dad yes. is in the pa- fam- family pet's body and then he realizes like all the mistakes he's been making does the dog go into his body in that movie? yeah i think so and everybody just accepts that they're not like that the dad to, is acting weird they're not like we have to call an <laughs> asylum immediately yeah so we can maybe do another review later of another body swap film yeah. we can think about it is that social commentary what like the dads get swapped with dogs maybe who knows the nuclear family is no longer valid <laughs> my dad is a dog well so we don't have a rating system but we both enjoyed the movie i enjoyed it a lot more than damien did i don't think you enjoyed it a lot more i thought it was I a good movie i enjoyed it a lot more than you did i no i thought it was an enjoyable movie i think you've been convinced by my compelling arguments <laughs> you're right rock so- you're rock solid you're rock solid uh, I have brought you to my side I feel like yeah. you were teetering you're a rock solid orator and I was just like no I'm gonna tell him that Vince Vaughn I said at the beginning I enjoyed baby the movie. angel in this movie and I enjoyed made the- it so good I said from the beginning that I enjoyed this yeah movie. but you said you were shocked at the reviews because you didn't think I don't it was think that, that it was as good as people were you know the film was praised for its tone it's like I mean yeah, it was I mean, just fun we need yes, fun. Was fun this is the year of the pandemic and we just need something to to laugh at and to just be silly about. And I think it was good. So I thought it was good too. It was an enjoyable family, not family movie, but 
I mean, bring your family. family. Bring your family. Watch Vince Vaughn swing his gigantic hog around in those. Well, you don't stalls. see his hog. You just hear it flapping. Yeah. I mean, when your dick is hitting thigh, that's like. Like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little soundboard over here. Alrighty. So, we think you should watch Freaky. It's a fun time. Watch it during the holidays. Watch it next Halloween. Watch it on your next bar mitzvah. I don't know, but you should watch it. That's what I think. Yeah. Definitely a fun one. And we hope you enjoyed our review and talking some trash about this gloriously trashy film. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We done. We done. We done. Bye. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you could find us on at Trash Band Kids. Yeah, and I'm at Jackie versus World on Instagram as well. I do not fuck sweetie Twitter. No and clue. Damien is also on Instagram at. You can find me at Damien Rivera simple that's my name d-a-m-i-a-n no eventually, mystery here <laughs> eventually i'm gonna just stop telling you how to spell it because yeah i give up if you can't find me then you know you don't deserve to see pictures it of my dogs it wasn't meant to be all right well all right. bye thanks guys see you next time bye